0: hi hey everybody it's ian king athlete advocate coach educator and founder of the get buff training series today i'm going to talk to you about 10 things about get buff many of which you may not be aware of so before we get into it let's go through a little bit of a background everything starts somewhere and my my journey in in the get buff genre began with exposure to a to a local strongman and it's pretty unusual that i was able to give that opportunity it was in the mid 1960s and I was in a little island in the Pacific and strength training in that decade was pretty small, let alone uh, in, a, in a third world country in a remote part of the world. So it was, it was a lot of coincidence that that occurred and unlike uh, um, others who, who tell stories about their origin, um, I can actually tell you the gentleman who, who gave me that initial insight, his name was Wheeler Jacobs. Uh, he was, to my understanding, uh, born without the ability to, to to hear and and therefore couldn't form words. Um, a lot of our communication was fundamental body language, uh, as was his life, but he would love to flex his biceps, and you know, at the young age I was, a single digits, I thought they were the biggest biceps in the world, and loved to walk around the local swimming pool on his hands uh, and do the usual strongman stuff. Uh, which was really impactful upon me. You can actually see uh, Wheeler's um, lifting record uh, way past the 60s. I'll just uh, bring a screen share up because I think it's it's worth mentioning. There we go. Pretty impressive. Um, I can't say exactly what his age would have been there, but that's some of the lifting results between 92 and 2000, sorry, 92 and 98. Uh, Pretty impressive um leaving his own hometown country Papua New Guinea, to come out and do that at, at, in, in the master's category so that's um that's where it all began for me the the next thing i want to bring in is uh the, the first point i want to make talk about where the where the training methods that have integrated into get buff come from so the methods that i built into get buff when i first published it in 1999 were born out of the desire to get what I called back in the 90s uh, functional strength outcomes. So I was using that term now I'm a bit embarrassed about that term because obviously it's been abused and overused. But it all began with the desire to get functional strength for athletes in, in their specific sports. And as a byproduct of that, I noted that they got pretty pretty buffed. Uh, it was not our intent. I think bodybuilding and um, has its own you know it's a sport in itself and it's got its own specific goals, but apart from that most athletes, should be focusing on their sporting outcomes not their not what they look like in the mirror but nevertheless um if the shape that they get into for their sport results in a pretty impressive physique um you know that's that's fortunate and over and above that i tell them they've got heaps of time after their career to to get more into that bodybuilding attitude so for me the strength methods that i was applying were very much about getting on the podium seeing records and it was just quite interesting to watch the physique outcomes as a result of the things we were doing in other words we weren't doing strength training all year round and we weren't training for hypertrophy all year round and yet they they came out pretty buffed and so i realized i had something pretty special that i developed through the methods I'd applied for the athletes for the prior 20 years so um, i started writing for a, a, a team back in the, in the late 90s and the the owner of team encouraged me to put together a, a book so the first book that i came out was was, was get buffed in 99 um and i'm just going to Assume that you can see that. Um, bring that back up there. There we go. Bring it forward a bit more. Um, it was a purple cover, and there we go. Pretty basic. Uh, you know, the, the, the content hasn't changed since then. It's still the same book 100,000 um, words, 300 pages, no pictures. It did go into a second second version for those who are a bit of history buffs and i'll see if i can bring it up a, a bit better there you go it was a molly molly shade of purple and and then into the third in the car uh, format which you know is in the backdrop here which is the the yellow um, yellow and blue as it still is uh through to today so when I put out my first book I actually got a bit of pushback from certain individuals but um, I, I continued on nevertheless uh, because I was getting a lot of positive feedback and I knew the methods were, were pretty effective um, so that that's where that's where it all began back in 1999 after 19 years of, of uh, practical application with elite athletes and you know after 19 years in the industry you'd have a pretty good idea what you're doing and and, and I'd actually developed quite a few um, original, ideas that were built in we'll come back to that so the, the intention was to, to give everybody the chance to achieve their physique goals uh, it's not a bodybuilding book I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. Um, I just know that we can get strong um, and get in good shape for whatever our goal is in life and um, you know, have a physique that's a byproduct of that uh, rather than that as a primary goal so to give everyone the chance to achieve their goals to give them the chance to play long term I mean live for life and to do that remaining injury-free. Now, not noting the incidents, and I get to see a few things that others don't, the incidents of joint replacements in from a lot of the training methods that have been applied um, in our industry, I really take pride in the fact of giving you the opportunity to have a, a long involvement, a relatively injury-free involvement. And that's that's not easy. And there's a lot of um, catalysts for, for that that I might go into here. Um, but... You know, I had a lot of reasons to give people that opportunity. So the origin was in uh, what we've talked about in 1999 out of uh, the prior 19 years, the, the intent was to give people the opportunity that I gave athletes, which was to have a great career, achieve great things, play as long as you want to and, and do so injury-free and have quality of life after you retire from sport, except in the get buff trainer, there is no retirement. We can just live forever. We can train forever uh, and until our time has come. And the birth was in 1999. So moving on to the fourth point, what we've got now is uh, we've produced four books and the Ask the Master book. So I'm just going to bring it up on screen. Four books, uh, Ask the Master book, that's five books, Trading Diary, that's six and 13 videos, that's 19. And we don't um, flip and flop. That's been a pretty consistent range now for 20 years or thereabouts. Uh, Let me bring up some visuals from our shopping cart just so you can see what I'm talking about. get buff one book, um, the, the, get buff two books. So get buff one was put out in 99, get buff two and two, get buff three and oh four, get buff four and oh seven. Uh, and then it's been a pretty big break since then. And I, there's a reason behind that. Uh, I'll expand more upon that when get buff five does come out and the training diary and then the 13 no DVDs. So we deliver them electronically now as well as physically. You have the option. And they also come in packs, um, four packs of three, or one pack of 12. And those 12 videos are supported by the workout DVD. And the workout DVD is every exercise in the Get program demonstrated uh, by me. Um, so a fair bit of uh, opportunity there, a fair bit of content uh, from the video side. And, and apart from the changing in popularity or trends of exercises, equipment, mainly exercise equipment, uh, things remain pretty much really the same. Certainly, the programs are because they were at the time not only ahead of their time but they were generalized principles and went based on trends so that's the, the products uh i also want to make a note as a fifth point that it's the only true four big sequel in the history of the of the genre to my knowledge so a lot of people have a lot of books but they don't run as a sequel now a sequel means to me that if you read get Buff two without reading get Buff One, you would have missed fair bit of the content. So the, the get by two bills on the content of one and three bills on the content of two and get by four bills on the content of three. So they're not meant to um, flip flop. Uh, they just go from a base program through to more advanced program. But the educational content, which makes up a large part of the book is sequential. You know, there's a reason for that. There's a massive education. It's been a part, big part of what we do. And you know, I, I was talking back in the 90s about teaching people how to fish rather than giving them fish. Um, obviously, that saying got a bit overkilled in, in the industry, but um that was our actually the the, the saying we basically buff the educational range on and you can see that from from 99 onwards so when we came out in uh 99 it, it rocked the world a little bit because there's quite a few things out the world had never seen before so the world had never seen speed of movement generally speaking um, three-digit timing and time under tension Now, there had been um, one of my colleagues who started to to publish it, but at least he was crediting it, but he didn't actually apply it to actual program design until the late 90s. Um, I've been applying speed of movement from the mid 80s uh, and and we've actually got a course on that, but that's that's another story. Um, So it was the first time people had seen the the origin of uh, speed of movement, time and attention being applied in program design lines of movement so horizontal push pull vertical push pull hip dominant quad dominant Um, that was the categorization that i developed back in the 80s uh, and that's the first time you saw program design i actually explain in all the get bath programs how i design programs so the program design was based around the lines of movement forward slash um muscle groups it wasn't one or the other and no one no one had uh, seen that way to design programs how many books have been published since then obviously without referencing but that's where it came from this is how you design a program this is my horizontal um Push day. This is my vertical pull day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as opposed to the old tradition, which was this is my this is my tricep day, this is my back and shoulders day. It was just a different approach. Some of the other things that were uh, new to the to the world were the concept of pre-training control drills to activate the muscles, um, and my concept of abdominals first. Now I held back in uh, the first. Um, off book. I didn't throw it all in because the concept of bodyweight exercise. Now it's hard to imagine, but back in the in the in the 90s, it was a decade of exuberance towards how much we can lift. It was the first decade that the world had embraced strength training, both academically and um, you know from society. And it was like the the, the brakes had been taken off, and so the the industry was recommending everyone lift, uh, you know, in the big lifts and lift as much as you could. Um, there weren't too many voices out there saying, well, actually, you, you, here's the bodyweight weight exercises and how to integrate them. So I not only taught how to integrate body exercises really effectively in strength training, but also I came to the market with a number of uh, innovations in exercise um, that also recognized the uh, unilateral movement. So quite a few unilateral uh, body exercises for the lower extremities um, that, that had not been seen before. So you'll see that, um, now obviously everybody knows them now, but you know, what the way they're doing, it, the way I taught them uh, are not the same. there's no, there's no way to align that, uh, and that's a story in itself. Um, so the ability to, to, to get a, a bodybuilding outcome, so to speak, uh, with body weight only was, was almost heretical. Uh, I know that I remember the, the editor of TMaG back in the day having to encourage the readers by his word selection to give it a go, open your open your minds, give it a go. Um, you know, you'll be surprised, and, and I got a lot of feedback to that extent. So that was the the ex- first exposure of so many new concepts uh, for the world. I also believe, and this is a point eight, that it was one of the first uh, programs available that to to the broader public that integrated Olympic lifts, power lifts, and conventional bodybuilding exercises. Um, um, it's certainly not the only one now but it, back in the day it was pretty unusual and that's because i come from a diverse lifting background and was able to to make i think fairly discerning decisions about what exercises to include in uh, a program for the, for the masses uh, You know, you, you can't go overboard and expect everybody to have an olympic lifting technique although there has been a a school of thought since that has attempted that and that, that's um come with its collateral damage but that's again a, another story. Uh, point nine, I, I think, it's pretty important that we're straight through to our values. So we've maintained stretch first. Um, for example, um, even though I, I, I didn't go into depth in get Path One about stretching, I made it very clear in my words um, that that's what I expect of you. And in the mid '90s, we're a turning point of negativity towards stretching, uh, and and it hasn't hasn't come out of that yet. We're still negative. The world is still negative about pre-training stretching, and. Uh, you know that's a that's a really good story in itself it's a story i've got some thoughts about but the bottom line is we haven't been subject to the pressures of the the dogma or the trends we still we're still staying true and still confident that whether it's in my lifetime or not that the world will will again embrace um i'll give you a hint though it'll only only happen when commercial manufacturers work out how to monetize stretching and then you'll be allowed to do it Uh, that's a pretty big hint about my theories but and i've said some of the things we stuck to our values around technique technique before load, um, which is better for your joints, Uh, you know, it's better for your your muscles, not only the the stimulus, but also the the safety of them. Um, Yeah, uh, I'll come back to that one. Um, Low volume training, you know, we're pretty uh, unique back in the day, saying 10 to 20 sets was, you know, all you wanted in, in a workout. And in those days, people were doing that many in one body part of 10 body parts on the day, so to speak. Now, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but we've we stayed true to that low volume. Pressure. And the concept of muscle balance, you know, I, I raised the concept of muscle balance. You know, all things being equal for every pushing movement, you need to do a pulling movement and, and, and you know, paragraph along those lines, which you would assume published ad nauseum in other publications. And it then triggered um, a response by one of my colleagues to create the concept of you know structural balance, and you know that was that was a for me a fairly flawed uh, reaction. But the bottom line is, um, if you embrace our approach towards muscle balance and developing muscles uh, in a way that suits you, um, you'll have a long, long injury free career. Uh, I'm, remember my my first living upon whose one of his biceps had been detached from his bone. Uh, It was a shock for me, Um, but the message was pretty clear. He he, had been a bodybuilder before becoming powerful and still was a closet bodybuilder. Someone who really cared about what he looked like as much as how strong he was. And, you know, he was, he was both buffed and um, strong, but, um, you know, as a result of his uh, love of the bicep curls, um, Deadlifting had resulted in uh, detaching his biceps from his bone. Uh, not uncommon. I mean, it's, it's, I could tell so many stories about that. But well, that was the first time, and I, I was pretty committed following that to say, "Hey, I, I don't want anyone's biceps to come off their bone under my watch." So there are nine things about the Get Buff that you might not have been aware of. Um, I just want to go finally to to some questions. One of the most common questions I get, believe it or not, is and I've done program X, Y, and Z, and I want to get into the Get Buff programs. And I say, great. And they say, but um, do I really have to do Get Buff one? Um, that would be the number one question I've had over the twenty-three years of Get buffed. And and I know it's it's hard to imagine. Um, well, first of all, let me make it real clear. It's not about us selling books, because if I found someone who wants to buy Get Buff four and hasn't bought Get Buff one, two, and three, I I won't sell it to them. And we're more than happy to walk away from from income um, in the interest of, of, of people's uh, education and what we believe is best for them. So it's definitely not about money. Um, you know, if you don't, if you think you don't need get buff one, you must be pretty much a world champion because I think even some world champions would value what they're gonna find in get buff one. So from an educational, educational point of view for me, from any point of view, you know, I've been returning to get buff one training programs every year of my life, um, you know, since, since i started serious training 40 plus years ago so uh, i i'm not going to say to you yeah, it's okay you can jump get Off One." i'm going to say the same thing every time yeah if you don't find uh, value in, in the get off one book in the program i'd be very very surprised and i certainly wouldn't encourage you to jump uh, beyond that there's no need you know realistically the, the programs in, in two three and four start to get reasonably advanced and not everybody is needs them you know there's some people who will never need any more than get buff one how is that for a statement to kill sales. Anyway, that's um, you know, the number one uh, question we get, and, and I just want to point out in response to a second potential question, I guess everything in the Get Buff series is, is, is original material, and when it's not, we tell you where it comes from. Um, so there's been a lot of imitations and knockoffs uh, around the concepts and the programs. In fact, you can even find books with exact programs in them just moved around a little bit. But yeah, this is where it all began, and if you want to go back to the source, I encourage you to go back to, to Get Buffed. And in the conclusion, I just want to touch base on that uh, at our annual training camp in, in, in the US later this year, in August this year, we have the opportunity for, for you to join us and spend uh, the weekend um, in a gap training camp, something we've not done before. And it's, it's just about you training and, and um, getting education through that, that training experience. So if you're interested in the opportunity to spend the weekend with myself and my top coaches, uh, enjoying the, the what have become the get buff training series over the last uh, 20 plus years uh, that's an opportunity for you to to jump in and join us uh, for a weekend if you have a question about that and would like to learn more send us an email at info at kingsports.net okay hopefully what we've gone over has been of value to you uh, it's been now what 20 I want to say 23 years since we wrote um get buffed uh, books, actually not my first book. I wrote my first um, strength training book in 1983. And I'm going to give you a bit of a treat and see if I can pull up on the screen. There's a, there's a PDF of the front page. It was called bodybuilding programs, wrote it in 1983 uh, and went through and, and gave some insights into my thoughts about bodybuilding training theory and programs. It was really just ended up in the hands of my training partners. Um, You know, I just gave them all a copy. Uh, sign of an early days of education at 83, 16 years before get buff came out. Uh, and also I wrote how to write strength training programs for the professional in 1998 and the Buff after 99 was, um, simplifying that or applying that for the end user, taking some of the bigger words out of it. Not that I use that many big words. Okay. So hopefully, um, that's been a great insight for you into the get buff training series. Uh, we can dig a lot deeper in, in the specifics of it, but that's a, a broad overview, 10 things that you may not have known about the up program. If you have the opportunity to join us in the Gapuff training camp in August this year in the US, uh, look forward to that. Until then, appreciate it.